I love about Brother Jeff that he's the best teacher I ever had and he can remember all of our names and that he, he is the funniest preacher ever and he'll help me whenever I need help. What I appreciate about Brother Jeff is he always supports me from preaching to fishing to hunting, almost anything, unless it's some involving sin, as common sense tells Anyway, thank you, Brother Jeff. We love you so much, Brother Jeff. Thank you for teaching us about God. Brother Cole, Brother Jeff, you teach us about Jesus. Brother Jeff, you're the coolest preacher I know. I like Brother Jeff because he makes me laugh. <laughs> what I love about Brother Jeff is that he loves me and that he's funny. What do you like about Pastor Jeff, Ava? Well, he's kind. He has interesting hair. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> what, what else? <laughs> oh, no. We, we love, love you, Brother Jeff. Jeff. And Bridget. I love you, Brother Jeff and Miss Bridget. You're the best preacher I could ever know. And Miss Bridget, you're the best person I could ever see in my whole entire life. I love y'all. Okay, Grayson, what do you like about Pastor Jeff? He's funny. He's funny. He is funny. Brother Jeff, thank you. Teach me my best. Jesus, I love you. <laughs> That's a funny story too because I can tell you that I gotta meet people two or three times and I'm constantly going to him and say, Hey, who is that? And he can tell me. And I'm like, It's a preacher's love, right? He's blessed. We're blessed, as a matter of fact. So listen, uh, on a day of celebration, uh, the Lincoln Camp uh, Lincoln Baptist Association, Brother David Williams, he wrote this letter. He said, I wanted to take this special opportunity to congratulate Brother Jeff Davis on his 10 years of faithful service to God as your pastor. Brother Jeff has provided great leadership and care in these 10 years. You are blessed, we are blessed, to have him as our pastor. You may continue to pray for him and God's leadership in the months and years ahead. It's my prayer that you see the movement of the Holy Spirit as you exemplify obedience and faithfulness in serving our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> This certificate of appreciation for 10 years of service presented to Jeff Davis in the recognition of your dedicated service to Wellman Baptist Church. Awarded this 26th day of February, signed Brother David Williams, Lincoln Baptist Church. Amen. All right. I ain't got nothing to read. <laughs> we got another certificate for you. Well, uh, as 10 years as a preacher at Wellman, this is from the church. Yeah. Not every Baptist church can say a preacher's been there 10 years. Amen. So, That's right. Uh, 
So I'm gonna, I ain't got nothing else to say. I'll start crying. <laughs> Come help Bridget. Bridget. We, he can't be here without you. Come on. Yes, Come help yeah. him up yeah. there. Yeah. Come on, girl. Get yourself up now. Get any bigger, I won't have the uh, I'll have to have some help to tow them off. My turn? It's your turn. Oh, boy. He's fixing to get it now. <laughs> now, uh, I just want to say this morning that I don't know how many of you have ever been on a pastor search committee, but I can promise you it's not an easy thing. And when we went to looking for our last preacher, which ended up becoming this gentleman here, we had waited through 50 resumes, folks, and we were down to our last five. And I'm sitting there at the house one evening, and Brother Randy Lumen was the director of the association at that time, and he called me and he said, Ron, what are you doing? I said, I'm sitting here taking a break. I said, why? He said, how are you coming on your resumes? I said, we're looking at the last five, brother. It, it, We're we getting there. He said, well, I tell you what, I got a resume I need you to come look at. I said, do what? He said, I got a resume I need you to come look at. I said, come on, man. He said, yeah, this this fella just left out of here and he's, he's looking for a church. I said, what's his name? He said, Jeff Davis? I said, Jeff Davis? Jeff <laughs> Davis. I said, man, did that turkey used to go to Providence Baptist Church? He said, yeah, he sure did. I said, well, let me tell you something. I sat there and listened to him preach his first sermon at Providence Baptist Church. I said, and that rascal was just about as rough as a corn cob shelled backwards, brother. He said, well, I want you to come look at it anyway. I said, all right, well, I Went up there and got it. And needless to say, whew, those other five got thrown in the trash can, and that man is the one that ended up here, and that is God's providence. And there ain't no doubt. Brother, on behalf of Welcome Baptist Church, we give you that with all our One more thing. That little envelope came with a stipulation. Yeah. We'll tell you a stipulation later, but you got to go through with it. Ain't no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We're going to do it. Okay. We'll explain that to we'll you. We'll explain it to you later. Y'all will see in a couple weeks. I don't involve John Ron and a gun. No, 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 no. Not unless you don't abide by it. Okay. All right. That's all, That's all we got. stand back up with me. Turn to head number 608. 608 will work till Jesus comes. This will be an operatory hymn. Hymn number 608.
Some are, there's a there's an attraction to Brother Jeff and kids. Maybe he's on their level a pretty good bit. So, uh, but these kids love love y'all. They love being able to get up here and sing. So they're gonna sing a song for y'all this morning. And uh, y'all good? Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Shame's still all that's stealing. And you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. 
my time or not but I I feel like I have to defend myself a little bit <laughs> babies y'all did so good uh, what a blessing y'all are um, it's such a, uh, it's a blessed time when you can get your physical family together with your spiritual family and have a celebration like this thank y'all so much for coming y'all um Ron, <laughs> I've got to explain that a little bit, okay? Well, you said it was like shelling corn backwards or something that first message. <laughs> All right? That's right. It, it, and I admit it was, but let me explain. All right? The pastor had called me down front that morning and had all the 
elders, the men of the church, the deacons, they came by and prayed with me because I had just surrendered to the ministry and they were licensing and ordaining me uh, to the ministry. And they came by, each one of them, and prayed with me privately. And, uh, you know, I'm a little emotional. I don't know if you can tell, but I was a mess after all those guys came by and prayed with me. And then I was supposed to get up and preach afterwards. So that's why, you know, it was like, you know, I couldn't remember what I was supposed to say, what I had planned to say because I was a wreck. Anyway, uh, thank you for reminding me of that, Ron. You're, you're a blessing. We, and, and today's not about me, all right? And we've talked about this. We've discussed it, and I've told Bridget and I have talked about it. Um, this is about us, and not necessarily us. It's about what he wants to do here. And that's where the blessing comes in. When we seek his will and his way, God blesses what we do when we, when we put him first. And that's what we see. That's what we have seen over these last years. And it's not going to stop now because we're going to continue seeking the Lord and seeking to obey him. What a blessing today to have Brother Richard with us and his wife, Miss Pat. I got a story about Miss Pat. I, I, I'm not going to, you going to tell it? Okay. All right. Hey, okay. Brother Richard came into my life many years ago. Uh, I met him while we were at Providence and had the opportunity to, um, to meet his daughter, son-in-law, and granddaughter, and, um, and then through them met these guys. And when I became a pastor in Lawrence County, Brother Richard took me under his wing and taught me a lot, ministered to me a lot. Oh, and, Lord, yeah. yeah. He means so much to me, and thank you, church, for inviting him to come and be a part of this day. Brother Richard, you come and share what the Lord's laid on your heart. I love you, buddy. You know that, don't you? Appreciate it. I have... opportunity to be here today. I thank the Lord today for the opportunity to be with Brother Jeff. Now that story I'm going to tell, uh, he was painting my house. You know he was painting it again. And replaced a lot of wood. So don't hire no carpenters. Well we're sitting there, Brother Jeff busy. And up comes a couple of Jehovah Witnesses. Brother Jeff, they started talking to Brother Jeff. They thought he was the head of the house. And he quickly said, no, she's inside. <laughs> and since then, he's been looking for Jehovah Witnesses to stick on my life. <laughs> so far, we have repelled them. 
I got nothing against Jehovah's Witnesses. I got a lot against their doctrine. I was listening to the prayer request, and uh, I heard one lady back there make a statement. That's my heartbeat. Our country is going down the river. We're in trouble. And I've been trying to analyze this for several years. And I came up with one word that describes the problem in America today. And uh, that word is failure. The failure started in the homes. And that's where all these hoods and crooked people you see roaming around streets. But I don't want you throwing a book at me, but I want to tell you something else. The church has misery failed. I'm not talking about Wellman Baptist Church. I'm not talking about Monticello Baptist Church. I'm talking about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ has failed our country. And I, I, I was talking to Brother Jeff back there a while ago. It's the first time I've been called to preach in a long time. I think they put me on a shelf. So I got a lot of catching up to do here this morning. But I'm not going to drag it out. But uh, when he called me, I was thrilled. And um, began to look. Got a sermon out. Got it ready. My wife always proofs my sermons for my typos. And uh, she said she made it, and I made the corrections, and then I read it, and not nope, this ain't it. So I went to number two. Same thing. No, nope, this ain't it. So I went to what God's given me here today, and uh, I want to share it with you because it's from my heart. I love my country. I have a grandson in the military. I have two sons that were combat veterans, and I lost the largest part of my body serving my country. I love my country, and it breaks my heart today to see the lack of prayer for America today in the churches. I, I'm going to I'm going to ask for your participation as I bring this to a message. But I, I've got some stuff I want to share with you. Um, Pray with me, please. Father in heaven, I, I thank you, Lord, for this golden opportunity. I always thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to share what you've given me. Open my mind and my heart, Lord, that I would glorify you. And, Lord, that I could edify this church and this preacher in Jesus' name. Amen. John Hancock, one of the profounding, one of the founding fathers of our nation said these words. Let us humbly commit to our righteous cause and to the great Lord of the universe. Let us joyfully leave our, our concern in the hands of him who raises up and puts down empires and kingdoms on earth as he pleases. Don't let anybody tell you our country was not founded on Christianity. November the 1st, 1777, our Congress called for a National Day of Thanksgiving and prayer for the victory 
in the Revolutionary War. And here's what they said. <clears throat> Excuse me. They urged all people to ask Jesus to mercifully forgive and blot out our sins and to prosper the means of religion and promoted engagement in the kingdom which consists of God's righteousness. Three years later, on October the 18th, once again, Congress called for a day of prayer because they discovered Benedict Arnold's plot of treason. The people were urged to ask God to cause the knowledge of Christianity to spread over the earth. Do we need that today? We do. In the year the American Constitution was framed, once again, Congress urged the people to thank God for providing the light of the gospel and asked him to raise up from our young men virtue, learning, piety to his service in both church and state and to cause religion to flourish and fill the world with the glory of Almighty God. Congress negotiated and ratified the Treaty of Tripoli only after, now you got to hear this, repudiating and deleting this phrase, the United States is not in any sense founded on Christianity. They took it out. We're founded on Christianity. In 1984, the House of Representatives passed a resolution proclaiming the great and vital element of our system is the belief of our people in, in, in her pure doctrine of the divine truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then in 1964, Congress and President Ronald Reagan proclaimed 1984, I'm sorry, no, 64, I'm sorry, as the year of the Bible. So what does that tell us? Well, I mean, why did I stand here and, and, and share with you this history lesson? There's a purpose behind it. To remind us of the glorious past of our nation and thank God for it. To remind us that, that it was made possible, now hear this, by godly men and women's sacrifices. And let me tell you something. Now listen to me. It shows that America sought God and was blessed by God and how God established and sustained this nation which we still love today. I do. A lot of people don't. But I do. I want you to know that. Also, I read you that to show us how far as a nation, we have strayed from God. Now, I'm 83 years old. And I can remember, not as far back as I used to, could remember it. But I remember things going on today in churches that's not going on anymore. I remember that. I remember when you walked into a church house you walked in expecting a powerful move of God. I remember when you walked into a church house, you expected people to get, when I first started preaching, I expected people to get saved every time I went to church. 
I did. But something's happened because, listen, we as a church are supposed to change the world, but the world has changed the church. God help us. Now let me tell you something. Number three, this points out the spiritual, what I read to you, and moral decay of our nation. And it magnifies the disregard for God and his word that has polluted our society. I was pastoring Shiloh Baptist Church in, in, in Lawrence County. This is before I met Brother Jeff, I think. <coughs> Excuse me. One of my diggers said, Preacher, there's a man over in that trailer down yonder, down that road down there. He dying. You need to go see him. Well, you know what the first thought came to my mind? Why didn't you go? <laughs> I'm just trying to tell you how far we've gone. I walked up to the most dilapidated house trailer I've ever seen in my life. The door was half hanging on the hinge. I was scared to go in. But I hollered and a, voice, a weak voice said, come in. I went in, walked to the back. Man laying there, you could tell he was dying. And I started witnessing to him. And I started talking to him. He didn't want to hear it. And uh, he says to me, I said to him, what about when you die? He said, when I die, I'll be like a dead dog side the road. Dead. I said, well, what the, the, but the Bible says, and he shut me up. He said, the Bible was written by a drunk Jew. And I shook the dust off my feet. And I left that home. I, I told you that story to let you know that that attitude in our nation is growing stronger you can see it. You watch the news. Listen, it's bad. And when that lady back there a while ago said, let's pray for our nation, I started to get up and shout. But let me tell you what we need. We need a renewed sense of prayer from our churches and our homes and our children. That's what we've got to have. Now, our prayers for America or more vital today than never been in my 83 years of being on this planet. Because our, our listen, people say our country's falling. It's not falling, it's plummeting. It's plummeting. And I want to share something with you. We're on the very threshold of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. You better be on your knees praying. The Euphrates River is drying up. Magog and Gog and Magog come down. They got to cross that dried up river. That's Russia and China. Now, China has joined with Russia against the Ukraine. Listen to me. He could come before I leave this church. Are you ready? Are you ready? Listen to me. God's word gives us several, several reasons why we can trust God as we pray for our country. And, and, and I, just, I just want to share them with you this morning. I, I, I really do. Number one, get ready. Why do we need to pray to God? 
He owns our land. You hear me? He owns our land. Listen to this. Daniel chapter 4. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among his inhabitants and of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? Now, people kid me all the time about me being married to a boss. Let me tell you something. I am married to a boss. And he's Jesus Christ. He's the boss. And then the second reason, God is sovereign over all the nations. Now I want you to catch this. God can bless. God can sustain. God can awaken. God can stir. God can destroy any nation on earth he desires to. We serve an omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God. He's all-powerful, he's all-knowing, and he's everywhere at the same time. That's God. Now, God is calling this church. God is calling my church. By the way, we're listening to a new preacher today, and I'm here, but that's okay. I know him. I met him three years ago. But what I'm saying to us here. God is calling the church and encouraging the church, the body of Christ, to pray for our nation. Listen to this. Paul writing to his brother Timothy. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications and prayers and intercession and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Prayer works. Prayer can change your life personally. I've already shared with you, it's just how it's changed mine, so I'm not, I'm not going there again. But there's nothing more powerful than prayer. Prayer is more powerful than the atomic bomb we dropped on Hiroshima. Prayer is more powerful than any weapon in, in the arsenal of the United States. And the key thing about it is, the key thing, you know, what, you, know what the, you know what the key thing is? When Jesus died, the Bible says the veil of the temple was torn from the top to the bottom. That's vital. That's important that we understand what that means. You see, I don't have to go to a priest. I don't have to go to a pope. I don't have to go to a pastor. I can now approach the throne of God, and you can approach the throne of God wherever you are. I mean, I talk to him driving down the road. You know, you can talk to God personally. Amen. We don't need anybody to intercede for us. Jesus is interceding for us at the throne of God. Now that's why, that, that, I don't know about you, that, that rings my bell. I ain't gonna dance in church, but I'm tempted. Now look, God, now listen to this. God has placed the church in the world today for one purpose, pray. You hear me? As the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we must 
absolutely must become intercessors for this nation. You know what? When I first started preaching, I never thought I'd be a part of the minority. But now I am. Christians are in the minority in our country today. And the devil's working hard. I want you to know that. And let me tell you something. There's something the devil can't stand. There, there's a phrase that you can use that I have to use every day just about. If you use it in your prayer time, Satan cannot stand to hear it. And I'm copying the greatest prayer, prayer in the history of the Bible. Jesus said these words, tempted three times in the wilderness, get thee behind me, Satan. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. When I'm on God's team, listen to me, there's victory over Satan if we hit it with the right attitude in his name only and not ours. That's what we've got to understand about praying for this country. I want you to know, God has placed you here for a purpose. You did not just happen into those doors and meet that preacher. You are here this morning for a purpose, and you are a member of this church for the purpose, and that purpose is to be able as a group, as a body, to unite and go to the throne of God praying for America. That's what it's about. I, I hate to use this phrase. I've got an 18-month-old granddaughter. And I've got several grandchildren. And I see what's going on in this country. And if we don't bombard the throne of God with our prayers in agony over this country, I'm looking at people. I have a lot of concern. What in the world are they going to have to go through? Do you, do you see where I'm coming? Now, we don't live in this country by chance. Jeremiah said, and I love this. Now, I want you to hear this. I'm going to read this slow. The Israelites were in bondage. The Israelites turned their back on God more times than one. They turned to idolatry. And God put them in bondage for 70 years. They were in bondage. And there was 400 years of quiet time too. I don't know what you think, but I know what I think. I believe that our country, because of our failure to prayer, is in bondage to COVID and what's going on in this country. I believe that. But what I'm saying to you, listen to this. It's uncomfortable to be where we are, isn't it? Amen? Listen to what Jeremiah said, talking to those people that were in bondage. And seek the peace of the city, whether I have caused you to be carried away captives. And pray unto the Lord, for it is the peace thereof ye shall have peace. I can look at what's going on in this country. 
I can decide and see on television the corruption is going on. And because I know what Jesus has promised me, and because I know that Jesus is coming to get me out of here, I can live in this crippled country with peace in my heart that Jesus is in charge. I can do that. Now, intercessory prayer can deliver a nation from the bondage of sin. Do y'all believe that? Maybe that was very weak. Do you believe intercessory prayer could turn our country around? Now, who are the intercessors? Who are the intercessors? How many of you will admit with me, I have not did, I have not done all the praying I need to do about America? There are two nations I do pray for. I pray for Israel and I pray for America. Let me tell you something. Intercessory prayer can unleash the blessings of God on our people. Let me read it to you. I'm reading out of Ezekiel. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should destroy it, but I found none. Therefore, have I poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. Listen to me. Listen to me very carefully. God said these words to Israel. If I can find one person that will stand in the gap, I will not destroy it. He couldn't find one, and the wrath of God failed. We can fail to pray like we know how to pray. And if this country goes down, we're at fault. You hear me? I believe that. Now, I want you to understand something. Any sensory prayer is powerful. And I've already said that. And I want you to know this. The favor of God rests on nations and individuals that pray to him. Blessed, I'm reading from Psalms. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And the people whom he hath chosen for his own. Listen to me. As Christians, when we get serious with our praying, America will hear God's cry. When we get serious about our prayer, God will hear and we can experience the favor of Almighty God. I'm talking individually now. Listen to this. I'm going to ask you a question. On a scale of 1 to 10, please don't answer out loud. Please keep it to yourself. But please answer the question. Where do I stand in my commitment to pray for the United States of America? You got that? I'm telling you something. This is this is serious, serious business. And let me tell you what Jesus said you are. And let me tell you what Jesus said I am. Ye are the salt of the earth. I got a sermon I preached one time called, Are You a Salty Christian? <laughs> Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith it is good for 
nothing but to be cast out and trodden on the foot of men. You know what, you know how, you know what they did with salt in the Bible days? They strode it on their enemies' fields and they couldn't grow nothing. And if we are the salt, we can hurt the enemy. Then he goes on to say, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on the hill cannot be hid. It is through our prayer that you and I have limited access, unlimited access to the power and presence of Almighty God in our lives. And I'm going to tell you something else I tell a lot of people. You only have as much of God as you want. You hear what I'm saying to you? No more, no less. Let me tell you something. I, I thank God for this country. And I'm going to tell you something else I thank God for. And I know there's some in this room. I thank God from the depth of my heart that the, the sacrifice that so many veterans have made that we can be the land of the free because the land of the brave. Please pray for our country. Please pray for our veterans. Now, let me tell you something. I need your help right now. I, I, I need you. You're going to help me preach the rest of this sermon. And I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I am going to, I am going to show you how God's divine will is that we pray for our country. And I have, a, I have a recipe. And the recipe on how we need to pray for America is found in Ten Commandments. That's the recipe for praying for our country. Now let me tell you what I'm going to do. I am going to read this. I am going to read the commandment. I am going to read the, the commandments one at a time. And I'm going to pray. And I want you to help me. Ooh, still going to do it. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pause during my prayer to give you a, joint, a, ch a choice to repeat what I say. And let's go through these prayers. Everybody got that? Number one, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Lord, we pray that America will turn to you. Worship you alone. We pray that our nation will love you. And worship you above everything else. Have mercy on our disobedience as a nation. Number two, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images. Father, forgive our lack of knowledge of you that you have revealed in your word. Please fill our nation with a hunger and thirst for you. Oh God, please teach us your character and ways. Please help our beloved nation to forsake all other gods and turn to you. 
Number three, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Lord, please forgive our nation for its irreverence. We pray that we will not take the power of your name lightly. Please, Lord, fill our nation with holy reverence. For you, your word, your church, and your pastors. Lord, please give our nation, forgive our nation of its hypocritic ways. We pray America will reverence, alter, and cherish all that you stand for. Number four, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Lord, please fill our nation with a desire to worship you on your day. Forgive our neglect of your most holy day. Help us, Lord, to extend mercy and blessing to others. We pray our nation will set this day apart to honor you and to seek your will for America. Number five, honor thy mother, a father and mother that thy days may be long for the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Dear God, we pray that you We'll pour out your blessings on families in this nation. We do pray children and teens will once again be filled with honor and respect for their parents. By submitting to obe in obedience to them, please give us strength as parents to raise our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Number six, thou shalt not kill. Dear God, have mercy on America for the murder of untold millions of innocent unborn babies and the slaughter in American streets Fill our country with a renewed commitment to the sanctity of life. Cause us, Lord, as a nation to honor and respect each other. As a people made in the image of God, forgive our nation for the abomination of murder in any kind. Number seven, thou shalt not commit adultery. O oh Lord God, have mercy on America. We pray the immoral spirit that is in our land be destroyed. We ask you, God, to wipe out pornography from our land.
Forgive us, Lord, as a nation. Forgiving ourselves over to sexual sins of all forms. Lord, we plead that America will seek sexual purity. And as a nation, we will strive for purity of thoughts, words, and actions. Lord, please deliver our marriages from the spirit of adultery that has gripped our land. Number eight, thou shalt not steal. Heavenly Father, we beg you to forgive our nation of greed and pleasure seeking. Dear Lord, please shower your spirit of compassion and ministry upon our land. Lord, please stir our hearts to help one another And have a passion to seek and bless. And not to steal. Lord, we pray for both companies and employees. To work together. To give the best to one another. Number nine, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Dear Lord, we pray that our nation will love truth and seek truth in all she does. Repair, uh, we pray America will maintain and promote the truth in all her endeavors. We pray that the ungodly concept of relative truth will be abolished. We pray that America will believe the truth and speak the truth. Lord, calls our nation to once again love the truth of your word. And then finally the 10th commandment. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his ox, or his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. Father in heaven, please have mercy on America. And deliver us from the spirit of covetousness that grips our nation. Lord, set us free from the need to have more and more. Please grant our people the power of contentment with what they have. And Lord, forgive us for taking you for granted. Father, loose the spirit of giving in our nation. That will enrich and advance your kingdom. Thank you, Lord, for this nation. And everybody said, Amen. It's yours, brother.
God has encouraged us and challenged us to pray for our nation today. Thank you so much for being here for this celebration, this, um, this wonderful time of us praising the Lord and glorifying his name for putting us together for 10 years. God is so good. Please stand for a hymn of invitation this morning. Whatever the Lord has laid on your heart this morning, whether you want to pray for our nation, whether you want to pray for someone else, or maybe the Lord has moved in your heart for you to accept Christ today and repent and turn to the Lord. Whatever God has spoken to you this morning, please follow him. You'll never be disappointed in following the Lord. The opportunity is here for you to come to the altar and pray this morning as we begin our invitation. What hymn do you have? Hymn number 134. Hymn 134. As we sing, you come. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He Stain, he washed it white as snow. 